You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Instead, he's going to swing away and hit it to right center field and gone on the first pitch he sees. I'm not in a rush to sign. Uh, I mean, I got one one more year left over there. There's no rush from, from either side, so uh, we'll, we'll take it week by week and, and see where it goes. Okay, don't panic. March, stop panicking! Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It is Halford. It is Broth. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the beautiful Kintec Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. Adog, good morning to you. Good morning. Laddie, good morning to you as well. Hello, hello. Halford and Broth of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience a Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate dealer today. We are in hour one of the program. Hour one is brought to you by John Stone's Barbecues. You don't pay more to shop with the experts at Johnstone's Barbecues. No, no. They're open five days a week with two locations to serve you. Visit them online at johnstones.com. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintech.net. I read that really fast because we got stuff to do. We thought we had a show. Now we got an entirely different show. I'll explain in a moment. Guest list today, 6.30, Alex Adams, going to join us live from Jakarta the host of the 2023 FIBA World Cup. We'll talk to him about Canada kicking things off against France on Friday. 7 o'clock, J.P. Acosta, an NFL writer from SB Nation. He came on the recommendation of Mike Tannier. Okay. He came very highly touted. So J.P. Acosta to talk NFL at 7. 7.30, former Vancouver Canuck, former teammate of Elias Pettersson, Kyle Burroughs is going to join the show. Now a member of the San Jose Sharks. We'll talk to Kyle at 7.30. 8 o'clock, Thomas Drance from the Athletic Vancouver for some Canucks news. And folks, we have some Canucks news. I'm not going to waste any more time, although our guests do bear the mention they got. Without further ado, let's uh, tell everybody what just happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. No. What happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed that? What Happened is brought to you by the BC Construction Safety Alliance, making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, resources, and safety training. Visit them online at bccsa.ca. Last night, when we went to bed, this intro was going to be about James Harden and the Jays and the Mariners and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Forget all that. Forget it. Throw it in the toilet. Not really in the toilet, metaphorically speaking. Uh, From Stockholm, overnight, Elliot Friedman, Sportsnet's very own, provided a very significant update regarding the future of Vancouver Canuck, Elias Pettersson. I guess they are doing their preseason tour, Sportsnet they are, yeah. going around and doing the media rounds. So Frege was on a boat. He's on a boat. <laughs> on a boat in Stockholm. With Petey. In which Pettersson told uh, Elliot Friedman that he is going to wait into the season to consider signing a contract extension. He said he's in no rush to sign a contract extension. He wants all his focus to be on starting the season strong. Instead of paraphrasing what the man said, here now is the audio, courtesy of Sportsnet and Elliot Friedman, Elias Pettersson on his contract future in Vancouver. Extension. You're eligible to sign. Yeah. Where do things stand? Yeah. um, 
I'm not in a rush to sign. Um, I'm. Uh, I mean, I got one one more year left over there, and uh, I don't want to rush into anything because I still don't know myself if it's going to be a short term or a long term. But it's going to be uh, probably my biggest contract so far, so I don't want to stress anything. Just going to get off to a good start. Focus on that. Yeah, that's been the main goal. I mean. The whole summer, I'm just trying to prepare myself as much as possible with training, trying to gain a little bit of weight, some muscles, and uh, and yeah, especially get off to a good start with the team. So I've been told that this is not necessarily reason to panic. Um, the necessarily concerned me and made me panic. Mm. What do you mean necessarily? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Is, is there some reason to panic on this? Define necessarily. Um Listen, I want to get everyone's uh, who's listening, I want to get their reactions. So text in to the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. Jordan and Langley wasted no time weighing in. First text in, 6.05 in the morning. <laughs> I got a feeling it's going to be this kind of day in Vancouver. Jordan from Langley writes, Pouty Petey is done in Vancouver. He chose violence at 6.05 in the morning. Okay, what I'd like to try and do is put myself in the position of the player. And that is Elias Pettersson we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there are good reasons to get a long-term contract extension done as soon as possible. Two good reasons. Number one, you might get hurt. That's and you, one. And you like to have that long-term contract extension. And, you know, if you get that done, you are set for life. Your kids are set for life. And if they're good kids their kids might be set for life. Like, like that Brandon Hagel money. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money we're talking about. Regardless, even if he loses the negotiation on an eight-year deal, he is still very, very rich, and you get that, right? Yep. yep. Uh, the number two reason would be, hey, maybe you don't play as well as you did last season, and all of a sudden your comps don't look as good, and maybe you lose a few million dollars that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. Right. Those are the only reasons to sign. Right. And you could say like, well, I'm insured. Right. So if I get injured, I'm going to get paid out anyway. Or number two, you'd be like, yeah, you know what? Even if I have a down season, I'm going to get paid a lot. Right. So those reasons actually aren't all that strong. There are way more reasons to slow play this if you're a PD. And it doesn't surprise me that this is the way He's doing it. You know, we had conversations earlier in the summer where we kind of said, like, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, talk, he, hearing the Canucks talk, hearing Petey talk, I don't know if he's going to sign this offseason, right? It might actually be all the way until next offseason. It could be. Like, he's under contract for next season. There are myriad reasons why he would wait. Number one, let's see what happens with the salary cap, how much it goes up. Maybe that. Just just the knowledge of the salary cap going up. Maybe that convinces the Canucks to give him even more. And here's and here's the one where we have to be honest. Let's see how the Canucks do. Let's see how the Canucks do. Mm-hmm. If if it's another, if it's a third straight nightmare start to the season, if this organization has a drama-filled season like it did last season, again. Put yourself in Petey's shoes. You're in the prime of your career. You're one of the best hockey players on the planet. 
why would you want to sign with a dysfunctional franchise? Right. Now, I do want to, for the sake of being fair and accurate and really providing the chronology as to where it got to this point, because this is a point in the road. This is a fork, maybe, in the road with regards to Laddie's doing the sticking the fork in the back motion there. But it's a fork in the road as it pertains to where the Canucks and Elias Pettersson are going to go. Like, Don't make any mistake about it. It's not a huge deal, but it's a significant development. Consider this. In May... Pedersen's agent, J.P. Barry, went on a podcast with Pierre Lebrun and said that the goal was to have Pedersen sign a long-term extension in Vancouver, adding that they were going to meet this summer about an extension. That's out there. You can look it up. It's in writing. The audio's out there, too. We are looking to sign a long-term extension. We're going to sit down this summer. That was at the end of May. In June, or sorry, July, a month later, Barry then said, these talks are going to happen, but maybe later in the summer, maybe even in the fall as we get closer to training camp. But they were still going to happen. Yeah, They were going to sit down and talk. Okay, that was with Donnie and Dolly in July. So at that stage, you had two different points of the offseason in which the agent said, we are going to talk about a contract extension. Today, our day of... August 23rd, Pedersen has said, that's not going to happen. He's not going to engage in contract negotiations. He's not going to sign an extension before the start of the season. He's going to wait and see what happens during the season. So that's the rest of August. That's September. That's October. Is it possible they've already talked? Potentially. Yeah. Because we talked with Patrick Galvin uh, in early July, and this is what he had to say. Uh, we we uh, we met uh, with his agent, uh, and uh, I, I I'm texting uh, with Elias, and I might give him a call here uh, <laughs> today or tomorrow. But uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, I think there is again, as I said before, there is no rush. Uh, uh, we uh, since I got in here, I, I have a I feel I have a really good relationship with Elias, and and. Uh, you know, I want uh, the leadership uh, to be a big part of this, and and I think it's important for me to have a good communication with the players. Uh, and um, so, uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll see. As I said, there is there is no rush from from either side. So uh, we'll we take it here uh, uh, week by week and and see where it goes. Spencer and Poco texted in, and this is something that Adog was talking about before the show. Spencer writes that he picked up on the I don't know if it will be short-term or long-term portion of PD's comment, which made me feel more confident in him staying. Okay. I picked up on that too. Maybe that is optimism. Reason for optimism. The other part of this is the Canucks have him under control. Correct. In terms of, like, he's there possession not under contract after this current contract expires for one more year Mm -hmm. now what if (laughs) that short-term deal is just a one-year deal that he's just like okay i'll accept my qualifying offer and i'm out right like that is that is the the hammer that guys in pd's position wield it is why matthew kachuk was 
able to force his way out of Calgary, mm-hmm. right? He just goes, sure. okay, well, you know, I'm a year away from unrestricted free agency. Um, you know, we can talk about this with Drance at eight o'clock, all the, all the ways that he could force his way out. Um, if you want to get into that, but he's got leverage if he wants to leave the, the likes of Kachuk and Dubois, uh, they've all showed us this, mm-hmm. right? So you can say like, okay, I'll do a short-term contract and then I'm out of there. But typically what happens is it, it never really gets to that point because the team goes, well, <laughs> We're not going to risk you walking away in unrestricted free agency for nothing, so we're going to trade you. Mm-hmm. So I don't – like, feel free to use that to to make yourself feel more optimistic. Like, it might be he's sitting there going, hmm, do I want to sign for four or five years or do I want to go the full, the full eight? Like, that might be possible. We don't know. But it might also be like, you know, I have the option to do a one-year deal too. Right. I'll go back to the same line of questioning I had the moment that I heard this is did something change over the course of the last three months? The direction in which both parties wanted to go with this or the direction from each individual party. Did the Pedersen camp decide that they wanted to go in a different direction? Did the Vancouver Canucks decide that they wanted to go in the same direction? Again, I will remind you that when this summer essentially kicked off, end of May, beginning of June... J.P. Barry, the agent, said, quote, Elias is thinking about it, signing with the Vancouver Canucks. I think it's going to happen. We're going to sit down this summer. We're going to talk about staying there long term. That is the plan right now. That's a far cry from the player, again, on August 23rd, saying, I don't know if it's going to be long term. It might be. Short term. At one point... Do you think something's changed? Is that what you're arguing? Do you think... if, if you I'm not bet, arguing anything. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fact that something has changed. It's just cut and dry to me. Right. If, if they're saying, on one hand, we're going to talk, and the goal is to stay long term, and then months later it's, well, we're not going to talk, and I don't know if it's going to be short term or long term, those are two different things. This isn't a spin. I'm not trying to create clicks and headlines. This isn't fake news. Right? I mean, this is all, this is Elias Pettersson's quote today, and three months earlier, it's his agent's quotes. Like, they're the ones that said it. Bill from Buffalo texts in. I wonder if he knows Buffalo Bill. Uh, These type of contracts never get done till the last minute, and this will be done at the very last minute if it ever gets done. Bill, these types of contracts get done all the time before the last minute. Sebastian Ajo. Can I just jump in, though? What, What type of contract? We don't even know. Is it a short-term contract? Is it a long-term contract? Is it like you don't no, know? No, he's. I think he's just saying like when there's time, the time always gets taken up, and it goes down to the last minute. Okay, well you're just gonna make the point, but it all, I, doesn't always. And happen. I disagree with that. You know, oftentimes when there's a player that's really happy with the team, and the team is really happy with them, a contract will get signed well before. The contract is up. I also it happens yeah. all the time. It's as, as soon as you're eligible, some guys sign. So you know, I don't know what your retort to that is, Bill from Buffalo. Maybe he means like in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, right. But JT Miller signed. I do want to put this out there because you know you've stressed the importance of the start of the season countless times. We've gone over the start of the schedule. We've alluded to the god-awful start the Canucks had to start last season. In light of all of this, 
Patterson's comments really reiterate and hammer home your point about how profoundly and fundamentally important a good start is to the season. Because in explaining it to Elliot Friedman, by the way, if you haven't heard the audio or seen the tweet, go to Fridge's account. Are we? You don't call it X, do you? No, no. It's we're not all, doing only, that. Only ironically, you don't do it on Collectively purpose. as a people, yeah, yeah. we're not going to do this, No, right? it's Twitter forever. So go to Twitter, check out Fridge's account. There's an audio clip about a minute and a half long, and then the tweet kind of explaining, paraphrasing everything. But Petey says, I want to start the season strong. I want to focus on a strong start to the season. This is part of the reason why we're not going to have these contracts. And then talks. he looks right at the camera and says, I hope the team has a strong start too. <laughs> So you but know, it's you, a whole part of it. You know, all those people that say, uh, um, <laughs> "There's been quite a few actually." They're like, "Stop talking about the start of the season. It's putting too much pressure on the players." Are we allowed to talk about the start of the yeah. season now? Stop talking about the only major storyline outside of Pedersen yeah. resigning for the, the Canucks. The major factor. Yeah, like there's no team in the NHL, none, no team that will have more pressure on them. To start strong than the Vancouver Canucks. I do appreciate Patterson, whether intentionally or not, being like, oh, you guys think there's pressure now. Just wait. Because mm-hmm. there's going to be more. Because there's going to be people. Do you think he's playing mind games with them? There's, I, I don't know. I don't want to go there <laughs> is yet. It that, is it's it that 4D? <laughs> it's, it's 617. <laughs> We've only had a few minutes to really, really absorb this news. Uh, I will say this. There are going to be people that correlate a good start for the Canucks and Petey to a contract extension and a bad start to him not signing a contract extension. That's going to be out there, rightly or wrongly, fairly or not. I don't think it's fair, but it's it's impossible to ignore now, right? Going into the final year of a contract in which you have this history of slow starts submarining your seasons, there's going to be people that are like, ah, it's more of the same. It's more of the same. And Petey might want to walk because of it. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm not saying that. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's accurate, but that's going to be out there now. Many people say. Many people are saying it, though. <laughs> uh, let's go around the room here. Um, is this is this update, does this make you uh, more optimistic, more nervous, or no change? Halford, I bet I'm betting on no change because you're dead inside. I didn't feel a thing. You know what? I'm way more excited, and I was already about the start of the season now. Way more excited. No, but about PD. About PD staying, is it give me more optimism or less optimism? Yeah. Less. Yeah. How would it give you more? How yeah. would anything that he says, you're like, well, now I feel better. A dog, Mr. Optimism over there? Uh, I mean, if he would have ended the interview just by <laughs> saying, I only have one year left over there, and then <laughs> jumped off the boat <laughs> and swam to shore. He's taking the life preserver <laughs> yeah. with him. He's like, I'm gone. I, I would have been very worried then. But the fact that he says, I don't know if it's going to be a long or short term, I don't know. I think he still wants to sign. I just don't. You know, if they have another bad year uh, or even just a bad start and maybe finish off a little poor, um, maybe it's just a short-term deal. Yeah. I, I still think he'll sign here, though. Yeah. More, or less, more or less, though, in light of what he said uh, well, on the boat before less, jumping off I it. guess less because it seems less likely now that he's going to sign a long-term, considering he said he doesn't know what he's going to do. Sure. Right. Laddie, so more I'd say less. or less. I don't know. I, th- I think this is more just art of negotiation. I think Elias is pretty shrewd when it comes to that kind of stuff. We saw last time there was a contract discussion took all the stuff off his social media. Mm -hmm. I don't think we can buy in a lot to the little details that we get here and there. We're not involved in the discussion, so I I don't think this sways me either way. You're you're doing the Halford. I'm doing the the defensive. You're doing doing the dead inside. proud of you. I'm proud of you, laddie. Yeah, yeah. What about you, bruv? Um, Probably less optimistic. 
the fact that it's August 23rd and like there's there's a, there's a window here right now where you would do the negotiating right like training camp hasn't started this is the time where you do it yeah, on the boat you, you, you know you would sit your agent would sit down on the boat with the Canucks no PD wouldn't even be involved like the agent would sit down with the Canucks the right be before please shut up <laughs> and it, and they would this would this is where the hard talks would happen right like it's nothing off it's really nothing off you know PD he can still be on vacation and do all his training and he, you know he can be on a boat if he wants um like it's look not like, it's not like him a, it's not like a fairy. it's not him doing the work you would just tell your agent you'd be like okay listen we you know everyone's coming back from vacation now training camp hasn't started let's get this thing worked out but he's not telling his agent that or his agent is saying let's not do that so maybe from his agent's perspective, the decision not to talk is a bit of a negotiating thing. But I think when you think about it that way, like if this was if this was the start of training camp, day one of training camp, and Petey came in and said, um, you know, we're not we're not you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk. We'll, we'll talk about it later in the season. You'd be like, Oh, okay, well, they tried to get a deal done and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But again, August 23rd, can you even say that they tried to get a deal done? They, they didn't. Like, there's still time to get a deal done. What I would like to know, and hopefully there will be some reporting on this, is what kind of talks did occur? How, how far along did it get? Because there, it's possible that there are these talks that did happen, and PD just didn't like the number or the Israel agent didn't like the number that the Canucks came up with and said, okay, well, we'll talk about it later and we'll try and put some pressure on you and this will put some pressure on them. But we don't know that mm-hmm. because, you know, I went into this off season thinking, you know, the number one goal for the Canucks is to deal with Pedersen. Like that directs the entire uh direction of the of the franchise right sure if you have pd you're just going to keep trying to win if you have to trade pd man does that change things okay well now you don't have an elite number one center terrific right that's not great it's not great for the franchise okay Mm -hmm. um so again i just i just i i'm i'm having issues with the fact that it's only August 23rd and PD is saying this stuff. There is plenty of time to schedule some talks between his camp and the Canucks. And he's basically saying, nah, let's do this later. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I mean, this, you do, you can't pivot quite easily off this to say, well, when the season starts you just say, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to focus on playing. Not going to, you know, I'm not going to talk about this during the season. I'm not going to get into this with the media, et cetera, et cetera. It's a development. I'll classify it as that. There's some groundbreaking analysis from Sportsnet 650. This is absolutely something of a development because if nothing else, it kicks the can down the road. This extends this period. You got to remember when Jason points out that it's August 23rd, we got a month until September 23rd where nothing's going on there either. It's barely the start of the preseason. You're, you're still a ways away from the time where games actually matter. So this is a long time to digest this development and figure out, 
what happens next? And we got to point this out because we're basically the first ones to be talking about this. Fridge decided to choose violence himself and drop the tweet <laughs> at 12.04 a.m. Vancouver time. There's going to be a lot of people digging into this over the next 24 to 48 hours. There's going to be every reporter in town trying to figure out exactly what's going on. There's going to be countless think pieces written in all of your favorite online publications, and it's going to be dissected for the better part of a week, I would say. And I think James from Richmond makes a good point here. This will be a talking point all season long until he signs or doesn't. Such a distraction now. I sure hope the team can deal with it. Did you think that we overdid JT Miller trade talks? (laughs) I got news for you, brother. Okay, uh, coming up, we are going to take a brief step away from the Elias Pettersson news and the Canucks. Like like 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Go make breakfast. But it's a big step. We're going all the way to Jakarta, Indonesia, Jason. The host of the 2023 FIBA World Cup. Canada is in action on Friday against France. Uh, We are going to get caught up with everything that's going on with Alex Adams. Uh, CBC Radio, Raptors Republic. He is going to join us to set the stage from Indonesia for this tournament. We'll ask about the Canadians. We'll ask about the favorite team, at least in terms of betting odds, the Americans. Is there a dark horse in this tournament? What to expect? Alex Adams coming up next to talk a little Canada basketball on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Missing the Canucks? Subscribe to the Canucks Central Podcast and get alerts for breaking news episodes. Daily shows return in September. 6.32 6.32 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 6.50. Halford Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour one of this program, Alex Adams is going to join us in a moment here live from Jakarta, a co-host of the 2023 FIBA World Cup. That's FIBA with a B. That's basketball. Hour one of this program is brought to you by Johnstone's Barbecues. You don't pay more to shop with the experts at Johnstone's Barbecues. They're open five days a week with two locations to serve you. Visit them online at johnstones.com. To the phone lines we go. Our next guest uh, is on CBC Radio, writes for Raptors Republic. He is live in Indonesia for the FIBA World Cup. Alex Adams here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Morning, Alex. How are you? Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Having me on. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to do this. We really appreciate it. Can you set the scene and the stage for our listeners right now? This is a big trip. You're all the way over in Indonesia, in Jakarta, for the start of the 2023 FIBA World Cup. Just from a scene-setter perspective, what's it like? How big is this tournament? How much is it being received? What's it like in Jakarta right now? Um, I think it's it's pretty big here, obviously. Um, I don't think there's a lot of sporting events down here in Indonesia. Uh, for people who don't know, Jakarta is a huge city. I think it's about 36 million people if you count like the extended kind of areas around the city. So, um, and just for the importance of the tournament for, for Canadian fans who might not know a lot about FIBA, not, which is not FIFA, um, which is the world uh, basketball governing body. Um, and, and why it's important for people is because um, Canada had the chance in this tournament to qualify for the Olympics for the first time since Steve Nash did Back in 2000, um, it is the it has the 32 basically the best teams in the world. Canada's in a really tough group. They play France on Friday at uh, I think it's 6:30 uh, Pacific time a.m. in uh, and uh, with the French who won the silver medal 
um, in in Tokyo. So it's going to be a really tough match for them. Obviously, they have players like Shea Gildas-Alexander, RJ Barrett, Kelly Olenek, who has BC ties. Um, so it's going to be a really, really important tournament for this team. And the way they make the Olympics is basically the top two teams at the end of this tournament from the Americas, which is both the North American teams and South American teams. So Brazil, Dominican, Puerto Rico, Canada, USA, the top two teams will make the Olympics. Obviously the USA is heavy favorites um, to, to make at least being, uh, make it out as, of one of those spots while for Canada is really vying for that second spot. Um, but the problem is they they have a tough draw. They play, uh, as I mentioned, France, but then they'll play Spain uh, probably in the second round who won the same tournament um, uh, in 2019. So th- th- it's going to be tough, but uh, they have an NBA all-star in Shea Gildas-Alexander, RJ Barrett, who's a phenomenal player, Kelly Olenek, and, and they have seven NBA players. So uh, definitely a, a team to watch, and it, it should be really exciting for, for Canadian basketball fans that most of the players finally showed up and, and suited up for Canada. Well, help us set expectations for this Canadian team. Um, should they be able to qualify for the Olympics, even though they don't have Jamal Murray? Should is a, is a, is a strong word. Um, I think they definitely can. Um, I don't think Jamal Murray's absence means that it's a fait accompli that they can't make the Olympics. Obviously, having Jamal Murray would have helped their chances enormously. Um, you can't kind of get around that. But they still have uh, SGA or, or Shea Gildas-Alexander, RJ Barrett, Lou Dort, Kelly Olenek. They have a plethora of NBA players. And this is really the most talented team Canada's ever put on the floor. People talk about, obviously, Jamal Murray not being there, Andrew Wiggins not being there, other other guys in the NBA. I think Canada has 27 guys in the NBA and seven showed up. So that obviously does suck. But at the same time, out of the, the kind of the top players in the league, really only two of them are here in Luka Doncic and Shea Gilgeous-Alexander. So they do have a lot of talent. And um, I think if they are able to win that first game against France, I think they're in a really, really good position to, to make the Olympics. Um, the problem is they have a tough side of the draw. Um, Dominican Republic on the other side, who has Carl Anthony Towns, has a much easier side of the draw, just the way it worked out. So um, I think if they can make the, uh, the quarterfinals, they have a really good chance of, uh, of making uh, of getting that Olympic berth. Um, it's a bit confusing. There's a second round if they... Um, and then it goes on to a quarterfinal. So if Canada comes top two in their group then they make it to the second round kind of crossover group um, and they play the top two teams from uh, the other group here in Indonesia that includes Spain and Brazil um, and then the top two of those teams make it to the uh, quarterfinal so it's going to be a really tough test there's going to be a lot of games going to come at us very quickly but uh, I, I definitely think they have a really good chance of making the Olympics um, but uh, I, I don't think it's it's definitely not a certainty and it's probably pretty close to 50, 50, honestly, if they're uh, in terms of their chances to make the Olympics. We're speaking to Alex Adams live from the 2023 FIBA world cup in Jakarta, Indonesia here on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. Alex on the floor with this Canadian team, how do they adjust to the departure of Jamal Murray? Is it just give Shea Gilgis Alexander way more minutes? Does someone have to step up in his absence uh, in terms of X's and O's and minutes? 
How are they going to adjust to the departure of Jamal Murray? I mean, obviously, it, it does uh, kind of make the load much heavier for Shea. Um, at the same time, I think R.J. Barrett's really stepped up um, kind of as the second scorer on this team, especially with Jamal Murray out. He was phenomenal in the first in the five friendlies leading up to the tournament. In one game, he shot 13 of 14 against Germany, had 30 points, been averaging close to 20 points a game. So he's really been the guy that just offensively probably takes up those shots that Jamal Murray probably would have had and, and really has been pretty effective at, from it. He's been shooting well from three. Um, I think a guy like Kelly Olenek uh, is just in a bigger role. He's a really good FIBA player. Um, FIBA is just a more uh, kind of tougher game, more physical, um, and he's a tall guy. He likes. He's known for you know kind of being – uh, someone that doesn't that likes to get his hands dirty, which is kind of the way the game is in FIBA. Um, they've let a lot more calls go, so uh, I think those are the two players that, if they're those two players play at a really high level, I think Canada will feel really confident that they'll make the Olympics. Uh, Alex, we got about a minute left here, so I did want to ask about the favorites, the heavy betting favorites in this tournament, the United States of America. No huge surprise, although, as you pointed out, there's not a lot of star players at this tournament. You know, like Nikola Jokic isn't there, Victor Wembanyama's not there. A lot of the star players for the U.S. aren't there. This is not the dream team of years past, but they're still the betting favorites. Is that accurate? Do you think that they will emerge as the tournaments of the, uh, champions of this tournament? I don't think they're overwhelming favorites, but I think it's it's the right call. They have the most talent, and they really have brought a team that makes sense for FIBA. They have guys like Jaron Jackson, Walker Kessler, like big, tall, uh, kind of defensive anchors. They have a lot of playmakers. They have a lot of shooters, which is really important in FIBA with a closer three-point line to have shooters like Austin Reeves, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, Anthony Edwards. So they're by far the most talented team. They've disposed pretty easily with uh, the team so far in the friendlies. Um, and I think just as they play more games, they'll get more continuity and, and play better. So I think they're the betting favorites, but I don't think it's a slam dunk that they're, this isn't the 92 dream team. So um, I think Canada could win it. I think teams like Australia, Germany, uh, Slovenia, um, Spain, France could, could all push them. But I think it's, it's right to say that they're the, the betting favorite. Uh, Alex, this was great, man. Thanks for taking the time to do this. We really appreciate it. Enjoy Jakarta over the next few days before the tournament gets started. Uh, we'll call back once the tournament gets underway and get an update on everything that's going on. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, and uh, definitely uh, let's uh, do this again. Sounds good. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. That's uh, Alex Adams here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. CBC Radio, Raptors Republic, live from Jakarta. First ever guest we've had from Jakarta. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Are, do, you, do, do you have a wall chart of yeah. all the places we've had the guests ja- from? The Jakarta column is very, very shallow. How's so it's going to go guest. home, right? When he gets home, and he's going to put a little dot yeah. on Jakarta on his nice. big guest map. Oh, yeah, the guest map. I forgot yeah, about that. Right. I haven't updated it in a while. So uh, let's reset the show um, for people that are just getting into their cars, uh, just waking or up. Or the shower. Uh, Laddie, you might have to press some buttons here because I want to play the audio um, of Frege and Petey talking um, in a boat, on a boat, on a boat, on a boat, in a boat, on a boat in Stockholm. Um, basically Frege asked PD for an update on contract extensions. And here's what he had to say. Extension. You're eligible to sign. Yeah. Where do things stand? Yeah. Um, 
I'm not in a rush to sign. Um, I'm. Uh, I mean, I got one one more year left over there, and uh, I don't want to rush into anything because I still don't know myself if it's going to be a short term or a long term. But it's going to be uh, probably my biggest contract so far, so I don't want to stress anything. Just going to get off to a good start. Focus on that. Yeah, that's been the main goal. I mean. The whole summer, I'm just trying to prepare myself as much as possible with training, trying to gain a little bit of weight, some muscles, and uh, and yeah, especially get off to a good start with the team. So we got a bunch of texts into the Dunbar Lumber text line. Uh, predictably, a few of them texted in and said, we need to calm down. Mm-hmm. I didn't think we were freaking out. But Sean from Calgary texts in, I never expected the Pedersen deal to be an easy one to finalize for multiple reasons. What Petey said to Friedman doesn't change those expectations. Put the panic buttons away, folks. Not in Vancouver. We bring out the panic button pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, GMAS texts in, man, you guys are way overthinking this whole Petey thing. Everyone needs to relax a bit. His comments were not earth-shattering. Now, a few more texts that I want to read. Unsigned. His comments shouldn't come as a surprise. He wants to win now and see the organization take the next step. Completely understand why he doesn't want to commit right now. And one more, and this one's from Snoop the Dog. If I'm Petey, I'm signing short term. He wants to win, and the fringe Canucks are pushing the chips all in again. The JT Miller deal was set to help the team in the first two to three seasons at the expense of being an anchor deal for the final four to five. Why extend into the JT anchor years? (laughs) Extend two to three years, then move on if we have another big anchor deal. Um, That's a good text by Steve. I I actually think that's pretty smart. It's pretty accurate. And, and, And I've wondered if Petey might just extend as long as Quinn Hughes extends. Sure. So that would be a three-year deal. Now, is that ideal for the Canucks? No. Not really. I think you want to get your elite talent locked up long-term. But it might make sense for Petey in that you haven't committed all your prime years to the organization, to an organization that, honestly... You know, unless he's just blindly loyal. Which some are. Which some are. To a fault in the NHL. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's long been my, I don't want to say calling card because I have so many of them. But You don't. I, ha- I think eight-year deals are ridiculous as a concept. It's damn near a decade. Especially if you don't, if, especially if the organization hasn't proven itself that it knows what it's doing. Like, I would sign a long-term deal probably in Tampa because I know that that organization kind of has an idea what it's doing. Now, that all, has my, any idea what that all might change years. when Hedman retires and Stamkos yeah. retires and maybe they're going to be an ordinary team and they're going to be like, how can we get rid of this Brandon Hagel contract? Yeah, like right? you may, like, you may who think, knows? but here's the thing. You may think that you know what's going to happen seven years from now or that you're, you're prepared to deal with it. Nobody is. It's too long, too far away. I'll just circle back. I'm getting too philosophical here. As it pertains to Pedersen, I think – what Snoop the dog? I love that that just rolls off the tongue like it's just a normal guy that we talk to all the time. Oh, yeah, that's Snoop. He's a dog. I think that in this situation, a two to three year extension would be fine mm-hmm. for all parties involved. I understand that long term deals are designed 
and I would say more to the benefit of the club than the player. Like, don't get me wrong. Player gets his money. He gets security. But I will always maintain that shorter-term deals that allow player movement is better for the league collectively. And that involves both players and teams. It's just better. Makes for more movement. Allows guys to go around, especially in their prime years. But, but what's right? best for the Canucks? What's best for the Canucks is signing Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson to eight-year deals. <laughs> yeah. Without Espe- question. Especially at the age they are. Because you can They're knock going to get down- their prime years. And the only reason why, really, in my mind, is that it's because you can knock down the AAV to a point where it's more manageable for your cap. Well, actually, you know what? I don't think a short-term deal, or sorry, a long-term deal would necessarily do that. Because this flat cap situation has made things, everything, everything a little bit weird, right? Okay, it's, just uh, agree with me that conceptually, that's usually what it's meant for. It's like, well, we can give you that eighth year, we can bring down the AAV, that kind of thing. Conceptually, but it's more if you're talking about a player that's getting into their their late thirties. Sure, I'm just talking like there well, is there is a mechanism. A there is a mechanism. Yeah. In an eight year deal, giving the you know respective club an eighth year that mm-hmm. allows you to lessen the cap there's the potential there year. sure yeah but if you're talking about t- t- uh signing a player who's still going to be a really really good player in that eighth year i think that changes things yeah. a little that's all i'm saying yep i think it's less of an issue with a player like pd than it would be for a guy like i don't know jt miller when he signed mm-hmm. um mike the urologist from brockville texts in the canucks have shown nothing to pd to suggest that they can assemble a winning team to this point in his career why would he want to tie the rest of his career to a team like that? I agree. Short extension makes the most sense for him, and I wouldn't blame him. There's three options that can happen here, okay? Number one is the long-term extension. The second one is the short-term extension that is three to four years, right? And the third option is that he forces his way out of Vancouver. By threatening, essentially, yeah, I'll just take my qualifying offer, then I'm going to walk away for nothing as a UFA. And the player rarely will play in that year because he'll be traded, mm-hmm. right? And then he'll, instead of accepting his qualifying offer, he'll go sign a contract with a team that he does trust to put together a winning product. Now, someone texted in, and I think this is, um, I think this is a good text. It's from TDM. Is that tedium? Did I just get Dolly? Well, it doesn't matter. Yes, EP said. So the text goes, yes, EP said he's not in a rush. But the idea of focusing on a good start was introduced by Frege. Important distinction. I don't read much into this. Yeah, I think we do have to acknowledge that Frege was the guy that said, you're just focused on a good start. Now, maybe earlier in the conversation, PD had said something like that. But it's not like Petey out and out said, I want to see how the team starts before I make a decision. He did not say that. Right? What he said is, I'm not in a rush. I don't even know myself if this is going to be a short-term deal or a long-term deal. So if you want to take some optimism from the fact that he said, this is going to be my biggest contract. I don't know if this is going to be a short-term deal or a long-term deal. Feel free. There's a part of me that definitely picked up on that. I was like, okay, well, he's at least 
considering a short-term deal, which he's probably talking about a three to four year deal, not the one year qualifying offer deal. He's probably not talking about that or a long-term deal, right? And I think that text from Snoop the dog is the one, which is weird to say, like, I really liked what Snoop the dog had to say in the Dunbar Lumber text line. Thoughtful canine. If I'm looking at the Canucks cap situation, I might be tempted to say, listen, if this team is ever going to do something, it's with Quinn Hughes at a really good cap hit for four more years. It's with Thatcher Demko signed for three more years. It's with JT Miller not being 34 or 35. Like get JT Miller, in, he's 30 and now, you know, get him in, in his early 30s as opposed to his mid-30s. Commit to that. See how it goes. And if it doesn't go well, well, I've got I'm on a short-term deal. I can easily request a trade then or be traded or just wait it out and walk away for nothing. And I'm still like, how old is PD now? 24? Mm-hmm. He'd still be like 27 or 28 at that point when he makes that decision, right? So be, I mean, not, it wouldn't be the same in execution, but it's the same thing as Matthews, you know, setting himself up to yeah. hit unrestricted free agency right at 27. So you can cash in and get another deal. Right? And, it, and it could be a massive deal if the salary cap is going up a lot mm-hmm. by then. By the um, way, do you now, think, now do you think is that there, uh, now, TDM is Terry David Mulligan, maybe? Oh, could be. Maybe. And and it, now there is a risk in doing that if you go short term. Again, like what if your play deteriorates over the next little while? Maybe you pick up some nagging injuries and all of a sudden you could have had a contract that was going to pay you like $100 million. And instead you've only got a contract that pays you like, I don't know, like $45 million. Sure. Right? Look, there goes the, all those extra Ferraris out the door. Right. And that's what the eight-year deal of Ferraris, I suppose. That gives you all that security and all that comfort. Yeah. You, here's the other thing. You don't have to think about it, and you don't have to deal with it when you sign a very long-term deal. And that is, that's appealing to a lot of guys. No one really loves going through this situation that Pedersen's going through. And we've seen other guys sign pretty significant deals coming in as RFAs. Aho signed a big deal. It's different in Carolina because no one pays attention anyway. But when you sign a long-term deal, that is a, a part of it, is you put the conversation of what is your future have in store to bed. That conversation's done and dusted. You sign a two- to three-year deal, you have to do this whole song and dance all over again. And it's not in two to three years. Because remember, as soon as you get to within one year of that deal expiring, the whole thing fires up again. Yeah. And some guys well, don't even before then. We're we're talking yeah. about McDavid right now in Edmonton, right? If it's not going well, or yeah. <laughs> if you're not winning at the level that you think you might or should, then that conversation really happens. Now, don't get me wrong. Some guys are able to compartmentalize that and say, I don't care. Get me to the end of this contract, and then we'll go play on a new one. And you have to have confidence in yourself. You have to have confidence, as you pointed out a few times, in your ability to stay healthy. You have to have confidence that the market is going to appreciate what you've done regardless of where your production goes. Like if you have a dip one year and you only score 25 goals and only have 70 points, you have to have confidence that people are going to say, wow, that was just an aberration. This is a guy that as Pedersen did last year, scored 39 and had what, like 102 points. Cowboy junkie ticks in. Can you bring back Herm Edwards to talk football? This PD talk is nauseating. Number one, you better get used to this PD talk. 
That's going to happen a lot more as the season ramps up and into the season. And number two, we'll give you a little football talk on the other side with J.P. Acosta. Uh, Kyle Burroughs is going to join us at 7.30, and then we'll have Drancer on at 8 o'clock talk about, you guessed it, Cowboy Junkie, J.T. Miller. I mean, Elias <laughs> Pettersson. You're listening to the Halford & Show on Sportsnet 650.